Who have been looking at it this week? Huh? Jesus, I think I said to you, that I've been looking at the same Christ yesterday, today, and forevermore. And what I want us to do within the next 15 minutes is just to go through what we have been looking at. This is the first time that we decided to look at the gospel. Yes? Now, I want those of you who have been in the meeting to, to tell, you'll be answering questions now. So what have we looked at in the past uh, few days? We looked at the gospel, and what are the gospel? I can't hear the choir speaking. All right, now, I want someone in the choir to tell me exactly what is the reasoning behind our thoughts this week. What is your understanding? What were, you, what were, what were we looking at? Yes? Pardon me? The motive of the writer? Yes? Why did God allow four accounts to be written concerning the, the life of Jesus Christ? Yes? And we're looking at the motive of the writer? Yes? Somebody else over there? Pardon me? Yes, you have different focus of each gospel. Yes? It con to convince that Jesus is Lord, yes. How the gospel, each of the gospel records apply to you as a Christian. Yes, let me come to this side. Yes, brother. Beautiful. I want to hear that. We looked at how each book was introduced by the writers. Alright, yes? We looked at the target audience of each writer. Now, you need to understand, because when you look at the books of the Bible, someone said over there that we, we want to understand the motive behind the writer. But to understand the motive behind the writer, I said, you must look at the introduction of the book, conclusion of the book, then you can understand what is within the book. Now, this will answer your question when some people say to you uh, from some other faith that, you know, why should four people write about Jesus? And sometimes they say that the writings about Jesus is contradictory. That is what that sect of faith always say to Christians. And because many Christians don't know the gospel, they soon get confused. Because this guy will read the gospel, but they will not read the gospel as with the mind of an intellectual. They will just read the gospel with the intention to criticize. And they always say to Christians that, you know, the gospel contradicts itself. And if you don't know what I'm teaching you now, you will not be able to answer them. They will really confuse you. And the fact that we have looked at this week is... Why will God allow four people to write about the gospel? And we discover that to understand the mind of a writer, you need to look at the introduction of his writing, and you need to look at the conclusion of his writing, and then you will understand what the uh, in-between is, the information within the writing. And we discover that Matthew was who? Who among the four are disciples of Jesus Christ? Who were apostles? And Matthew and John. They are the two disciples. And we understood from their writing, they were eyewitnesses. What about Mark? What was the focus of Mark? Yes, the ministry of Jesus Christ. What is the focus of Mark? It's a power book, but what is his focus? Look at the introduction and look at the conclusion. Uh, yeah, but he says something at the beginning. Look at chapter, chapter 1, verse 1 of Mark. Shall we read it together? Excuse me, I'm in the cathedral. 
Now, did you see what Mark is saying? The beginning of the gospel about. So, as far as Mark is concerned, his intention is to prove that the gospel is about Jesus being the Son of God. That's all. The gospel is about Jesus, not about any other thing. And what is the gospel? Which is the good news. The word gospel means good news. Is that Jesus is the Son of God. And so when we look at that verse 1, he quickly went through verse 1 introducing that Jesus Christ was, you know, came by prophetic. Then he went to talk about John the Baptist who was uh, the forerunner just very briefly. And he moved straight away to Jesus appointing the first disciple. And then he moved in straight away into the ministry. Of the demon possessed at Capernaum. Isn't it? Come on now, let's speak together. I told you to study the book. You know, when I tell you to read the book, both you and I have to. Hallelujah. So that when we come, we can talk, 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 talk about it. You know what I don't want for anyone who come under me? Is for you to be a person who mark the time in church. It's not good. It's like someone in university who just showed up. At the end of your curriculum and career, when others are wearing the gown and they are, you know, excited because they've got a good result out, you got nothing. Same thing with Christian life. A lot who go to church under heaven know nothing about why they go to church. And if you don't know much about why you go to church, <clears throat> which is your knowledge of Jesus Christ, then you have wasted your entire life on earth. Really, what happened on earth is that you will not be able to live your life to maximum. Many Christians have been confused. They think that their prayer, if your prayer is so rigorous and so sweaty and so violent, to the extent that you can provoke, provoke some high blood pressure and give your GP a lot of problems because all your muscles have been broken and torn ligaments have been pulled about while you are trying to pray, then that means your prayer is answered. Your prayer is not answered by your violence. We recognize from all the scriptures that the prayer is effective in the mouth of anyone who knows the word of God. Either you speak it violently or you speak it coolly or you speak it whatever. So, and that is the reason why Satan can allow Christians to do many things. But when it comes to reading the word of God to knowing it, it does not want you to do it. And many Christians have several reasons why they don't have time for it. Whereas they have time for other things. Whereas... Third John, what does he say? Let's look at Third John. How many chapters does Third John have? Huh? Say it loud. Why are you whispering? Study to show approved workman. All right, Third John. Let's see one and two. What does he say? Let's read together, church. Can you see this disciple whom Jesus loved? He also loved others. What does he say in the next verse too? Give me the King James Version. Shall we read the King James Version in that? Verse 2, please. Shall we? I have taught this church for 25 years. It's your time to teach me. And I've told you I will not give you roaster to preach. As I'm preaching now in third John, I'll just say, Sister, can you continue? Do you want to run away? I will run after you. You dare it. You will just wake up one day and you will see me at your door in the midnight. Come to church. <laughs> Hallelujah. We will know the word together. It is the word that quickens. That's what just says. Your soul, your prosperity and good health depends on your soul. Which is the word of God. Now go back to the book of gospel. Because I've told you that briefly tonight, because we want to go home and sleep, isn't it? And prepare for tomorrow. Pastor Tayo had said it all. God had been so good to us. 
I was, I was told by one of the pastors just a few minutes ago what people are doing, this book around people are doing to Nigerians. Live on the video. The way they are killing people. And you and I could have been one of those people. And for the fact that we are not, then we still breathe, we have cause to really thank God. And we cannot talk about what is happening in Syria to those people in one of the Christian villages where 1,000 men were slaughtered before their wives and families. So when we are still alive, we must be thankful. Now I'll go back to the gospel, therefore. So Mark tells us um, that it's the beginning, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, the Son of God. So he is very interested in the gospel as the gospel is of Jesus and Jesus is the Son of God. And then he went and talked about miracles and miracles and casting of devils, manifestation of power, and Jesus healing the blind, the crippled, you know, getting them out of their bed. Even he said in, in, in chapter 2 that Jesus came down one day and he, he, you know, he healed so many people. He cast out all the devils and all the people were healed. But you remember that he recorded what he was told. All right? But at the end of his message, he said something about you and I, which is the focus. Haven't revealed about Jesus, what Jesus is, what Jesus has done, how Jesus destroyed the power, cast out devil, healed the sick, and blah, 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 blah. Chapter 16, from verse 17. You remember we spoke about that. What did he say? Don't put it on the board. Let me hear those who have been in this meeting. 16, 17, what did he say? And this size? Yes. Yes. It's a new tongue. Yes, 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 yes. After casting out devil, you do, you, you, you are burning low and reversing. It's the only deliverance that you know. They will cast out devils. They will speak in new tongues. They will drink deadly poison. It shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they what? That's what you can do. So haven't Mark told us what God did by sending his son and validate that he is the son of God by the works he did he ended up by saying that you also can do it. I think that Mark should be a son like me, a gentile like me. Saved by grace. Isn't it? Now, the book of Mark, Matthew that preceded it, because of those of you who were in there, four, five minutes I'll get out of Matthew. It says, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. The son of Abraham. Why should a man write like this? Number one, that man must be educated. Because he began by saying, I'm writing a record. Okay? And then he went further to say, this is the record of Jesus Christ. Go back. The son of David. Why did he mention David particularly and Abraham particularly? It's because he was addressing people who claim to be descendants of David and Abraham. And they are the Jews. I will get that. So from their introduction, you can know who on onset they are talking about what their intention is. And then he went further to say, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah, and Judah his bro- uh, uh, of Judah and his brothers. And then the next verse, Judah was the father of Perez, Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. You know, he mentioned some names which we looked at. Who is Tamar? We looked at that. Mother was Tamar and Perez. What about Judah and Tamar? What is the relationship between Judah and Tamar? And who is Perez and Zerah? And if we went, we went further to look at then, why? We can see why he mentioned them. Because of Judah, Jesus is the land of the tribe of what? Judah, isn't it? And we know that Judah, you know, slept with uh, Tamar, who was his, his, his daughter-in-law. Alright? So, if anybody was reckless in his past life and you come to Jesus, it doesn't matter. You know, there are some people who teach you that because of the wayward life your forefathers have lived and your ancestors, so you are having some traits over you, it has nothing to do with you. In the lineage of Jesus was a prostitute. This woman wasn't a prostitute, okay? But we'll look at that as we go along. But this woman was a, a woman who the husband died, and the father, the Judah was the father of the husband, El, and he died, and then the junior brother, the father said, 
make sure, you know, give you a child to your brother. In those days, they do things like that. And then he also, you know, decided not to, not to allow her to be pregnant. So he removed himself and spew his sperm on the ground. And that is where we understand that for a man to spew his sperm on the ground, God hates it because in the sperm of a man is life. And because of that, God killed that man. It's a demonic practice. God killed that man. So the woman now said, okay, how will I have a child? She disguised like a prostitute and double-crossed the father-in-law. And she got pregnant by the father-in-law. And then they came to the father-in-law and said that this woman has prostituted. is your in-law. We have to kill this woman. And we recognize that Judah must have been a king, of course, because they brought all cases to him to decide. And then the woman brought out two things that he got from, the, from Judah, tactically, before Judah slept with her. And showed them, said, who owns this? And Judah said, it's mine. He said, the woman is more righteous than I. And so, but the issue is that the child that came out of that, Paris, was along the lineage of Jesus Christ. Now, let's keep going quickly. Ram, the father of Abinadab. Abinadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz. Now, something is about to happen on that. Whose mother was what? Rahab. Boaz, the father of what? Obed, whose mother was? Uh, wash. I want the woman to finish that. Wash. Perfume yourself. Oh, because mommy taught you this many years ago. Many of you have forgotten it. Wash. Perfume yourself so that you may stand before the king. Now, I think next year, every woman in this church, if you don't come to Woman of Rare Destiny, I think we will begin to find you. Because in the Woman of Rare Destiny, mommy takes you through reading the women characters in the Bible. Any woman who attends Woman of Rare Destiny will not have problem in handling the husband and also raising children. Because in those lectures of characters of women, you will see women who had pervert husband and they handled him. You will see women who had very good husband and how they handled them. You will see women who had bad children and how they handled them. People, women who had good children and how they made those children good. So if you don't come to Women of Rare Destiny meeting, you will be handicapped as a believer, a woman. Because that meeting, the things you teach you there, I don't teach it in the main church. It's just for women. And you look, look at about Ruth and Obit. When, if you go and check, get your past teaching on that, you get it. Let's go forward now to Jesse. And then the next, then Jesse, the father of King David. And David was the father of what? That's another key man. Who is Solomon? You see now, son of David, what about the mother of Solomon? What happened between David and Uriah? David was, was on his, his uh, comfort zone and he looked away and he saw a naked woman. Now, in those days, the Holy Spirit has not been given to people. Christians cannot do things like that today because we have Holy Spirit inside us. And David eventually called for the husband of that man, Uriah, and decided that he should be killed in the war front. He was fighting for David. And we read in the Bible how David, that woman came, you know, and that man came from war, and David said, go and sleep with your wife, because David already has committed adultery with the woman. And David wanted to cover it. And when David told uh, the man, Uriah, go and sleep with your wife, he said, no, I'm in the service of the king. I will never leave my post. And so David could not shelve that act to him. So, and David gave him a letter of his death and sent him with the letter to the head of the army that killed this man that brings this letter. And he was killed. And when he was killed, David said, well, I can take the woman for wife. All right? Now, God sent the prophet. What's the name of the prophet? Come on now, let's poke, poke, spoke, spoke, or speech. Why are you looking at me like that? Naaman. Where is uh, Dickie Nathan? That's the prophet. <laughs> if, if I would have gone to ask uh, Dickie Nathan, because he must know the story of whose name he's bearing. That is the man who went to King David in the secret and said, Oh, king. 
Such and such and such a thing happened with such and such and such. He said, that man should I say you are the one. You have judged right. And because of that evil you have done in the sacred, this is what God will do to you. That child will not leave. And the Bible says David rent his clothes and went. David made the whole nation, told the whole nation, I have committed adultery. This is the story. I killed this man and I did this evil. Please forgive me. And I went to God and pleaded for mercy. Is it not amazing that in compensation to the woman that was raped, God gave Solomon. And God ordained that Jesus will come from that lineage. God is always compassionate. I will together now. But he does not leave the sinner go unpunished. But you know, in the Old Testament, I've seen some people who now practice polygamy. And they say that, well, you know, uh, David practiced polygamy. And I say to them straight away, all the suffering of David will come upon you. Oh, yes. You can't take this polygamy of David and, you, you, know, you know, divorce yourself from the consequences or retributes that go with it. I will together now. But why would God allow all these people, characters, put them in, in his lineage? It's because when a man is born again, he's in Christ Jesus, he's a new Creation. The mercy of God overrides all our past sins. There could be people who are prostitutes who have done all manners of evil. And when you tell them about Jesus Christ, they begin to think about all what they have done. And they say to you that, look, God can never save someone like me. I, I was too terrible. Just forget me. Please, let the devil just destroy me. I have done so much evil. Those are the ones Jesus is looking for. He paid the price for them. He paid the price for them. But when you come into Jesus Christ, you cannot do things like that anymore. If you do such thing, you are not born again. So simple. So simple. Who said that? That when you come to Jesus, you can't do those things again. Who said it? What book? Help me, help me, help me, help me. One of those who wrote the four gospels also wrote a piece. And he said that. I've helped you a little bit. Paul was Paul. Paul? Okay, let me say that. Who said that whoever is born of God does not continue to sin? I said one of those who wrote the gospel. What John? First John, what chapter? Huh? Five, five. Five. What? Good, 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 good. You better require. Let's look at 5.18. What does he say? Uh, the person by the projector should know that, John. You are the one giving us the Bible all the time. You should know more than all of us. You see what he did now? You see what he did now? Can you see what he just did to me? Eh? I will pack my bag and baggage and I will go to Nigeria to preach. Alright, let's read that scripture together. <laughs> 5.18. Shall we read it together? Uh huh. Now, if you look at that scripture, it's talking about consciously sinning. It's not talking about making mistakes. You and I still make mistakes. But to look at a woman naked and then plan to go and sabotage the woman, it doesn't come by mistake. Because it's a process of time that you will have stopped, you will have decided not to offend God, and then you went to do it. To send someone from the world to come and kill him, he doesn't come by mistake. He's predetermined to invade the house of a married man, saying that God had given you a married man for husband, does not come by mistake. It comes by disobedience. To sleep with a man you are not married with doesn't come by mistake. It comes by decision to disobey and so what is saying here is predetermined sin you do not decide to continue to sin if you are born of god because he that is born of god in you will keep you safe but it also says that if you decide to break the edge and you do it you are no more safe the enemy can hurt you do you get it now you are no more safe even if you say that you will repent you will repent but you will still suffer and on that, the book of Exodus 34, 
applies. Now let's go back to my 15 minutes remain 10 minutes. Let's go back. Let's go back to to Matthew, isn't it? It's Matthew we are talking about. Okay, now, so you have understood that Matthew wrote to the Jews, yes? Okay, and Matthew 2, at the end of his speech, after writing about the teachings of Jesus Christ, for you to understand the reasoning behind the mind of Jesus. Okay? How Jesus dealt with uh, all social issues. How Jesus dealt with money. How he dealt with management and how he dealt with relationship. All that is in Matthew. Parable, 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 parable about the kingdom, parable, parable, parable. How you should live a life, a good life and stuff like that. You know, how you should have faith in God, how you should pray, knock, seek, and doors be open and stuff like that. And talked a lot about, you know, Jews and Pharisees and Sadducees and the dichotomy between them. And then at the end of it, Matthew 28, he wrote verse 19. Let's read it together. The next, uh-huh. this is headquarters. No, this is um, the branch. Headquarters. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know that some people told me in New Cross that they are the headquarters. They caught the head of the devil. <laughs> but I told them, cathedral also is leg quarters. If you call the head of the devil, I see has leg, he can still walk. We call the legs. So who, who is superior? Answer me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, Matthew said, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey all I command, and surely I am what? With you always to the very end of it. So Jesus Christ, as God sent him, and Matthew told the Jews, eventually he told them that you are also sent. Look at the last verse of Mark as well. The last two verses of Mark. Because we looked at, you know, this, therefore go and make this. No, no, this sign shall follow them, them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They, they will drink, drink deadly poison. will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I think that person on the, on the, on the projector should have changed to that. And then he went further to say, the next verse, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord walked with them and did what? With great signs that accompany it. Now, you discover that Mark was insistently telling you that you can perform the same wonders. And he told you and I that the key to it is to preach the gospel. You don't have to be a pastor for that. Once you are born again, you can do that. And Matthew now said, really, not only pastors are sent, all of us are sent to preach the gospel. So if Matthew said that we are all sent to preach the gospel, and Mark says that they went and preached the gospel, and God confirmed the word, their word, not his word, their word, they spoke. Because it was the word of God. Which means you and I, together, can do the same thing. That's the essence of the gospel. Are we together now? Power book is Mark. Matthew taught you how it's done. And then Luke. One. One. And we recognize that um, Matthew was uh, the Levite. It says in Luke 1, 1, many have understood, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been Fulfilled among us. Now, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Now look at that. 
We understand that this man, Luke, was not an eyewitness. Yes, because he said that it was handed over to us. And then he began by really saying that, you know, you, you know to whoever is writing to verse 1, please. 1. He says, many have undertaken to draw an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. He began by saying that there have been many records about Jesus Christ. Many informations have been given, many writings have been given about Jesus Christ. Now, therefore, they went further to say, just as they have handed down to, uh, handed, as they were handed down to us by those who from the first witness, uh, who are eyewitnesses and servants of the, of the word. So, which means that a lot of dis- disciples of Jesus, the twelve, were telling them things that happened. Things that happened, what they experienced, okay, and what they really saw. And then the next verse, it says, Therefore, because of all these writings, and in those days, some people wrote other books. Like there are some Bible, you have the book of Maccabees. It does not exist. It was written by some liars. You have also the book of uh, Esdras. It doesn't exist. Even they said that the book of Judas is a lie. How can Iscariot write after he hung himself? And they said also the book of uh, of uh, of uh, uh, this man, they said he went to India and he threw water up and the water be congealed. There are so many books. The book of um, this woman, what's her name again? Uh, Magdalene. No, Magdalene didn't write any book. So to straighten the record, Mr. Luke, Dr. Luke, pardon me, he went and said, therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated, we understand he must be an academician. He had done research. Everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you. So this is a man who is writing from a, a proven research. So he must be a learned man. And it says to you, O most excellent Theophilus. And we understand that the man he is writing to is a highly intellectual, learned man. A man in high position and power. And people like that, you don't go to them and be talking rubbish. They will just tell you to shut up. They are not people you tell things and they just gorge it. They are not part of those who you say that there are four people here who God has said he will give 1,000 pounds. Uh, Somebody is over there. <laughs> they will not answer you. Hallelujah. The louder you shout amen, the more your miracle. They won't answer you. People like that won't answer you. Because see, they, they look at everything you say, whether you're talking sense or you're talking nonsense. They have read too much. So the place you are by, if a man rise up and lie in the name of God, they will tell you you are a liar, and they tell you, get out of this place. This is how Christians should be, all Christians. When anyone teaches you anything, check it whether it's written. Don't believe a man because he claimed to have an anointing. Believe a man because you can see what is written from the Bible. What he claims is written in the scriptures. In the life of Jesus Christ. A lot of Christians they are gullible. They just gorge anything. You mustn't do that man. It doesn't take you anywhere. Really it takes you back. That's the reason why when they implement all those formulas and principles. And they, they, they come to naught. They deny God. But what you are based your action upon is false anyway. The Bible has told you and I, investigate everything thoroughly. That is Luke. Luke. Don't think anointing can make a man slap another man. Some people have done that before. A man pulled the ear of another woman and said, Sapen, 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 from the back. And the woman went into shock. Another said, ah, anointing, anointing. If you pull someone suddenly who was not looking at you from the back, you pull the ear, he can go into shock. Anointing doesn't mean recklessness. Neither does anointing mean abuse. Physical abuse is punishable by England and Wales law. I would together now. Don't let anyone tell you foolish things in the name of the Lord and you accept it. No, 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 no. Check it in the Bible. What is written? If it is not written in the Bible, that's a lie. Oh, God works in mysterious ways. We know that. But all the mysterious ways of God are written already in the life of Jesus Christ and the apostles. Nothing apart from those two that can happen anymore. I will together now. <clears throat> so, this man is 
intelligent man. We don't talk much about what he wrote. He wrote, you know, a lot about the tracing the genealogy of Jesus Christ through the woman. And we understand the fact, therefore, that he is not speaking to a Jew. Because Jews don't trace genealogy by woman. They trace it by man. And that's what Matthew did. And this man traced the genealogy by, by the woman. And when he came to Joseph, he says he was the son of Joseph, as said. <laughs> so he was talking to a Jew, a Gentile. Probably a Roman, probably a Greek, but it was a man who was highly empowered in the Roman government. But if you look at Luke as well, when Luke continued to write, he wrote chapter 9, no, chapter 6. I told you to read some key scriptures, and I will ask you questions now. Some of you will tell me exactly what you read. But look at chapter 6, there was a principle there. In verse 12. <laughs> One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to do what? Come on now, church. And then, let's read on. Spend all night. Spend all night. Spend all night. I think that's what we call night vigil, isn't it? What do you spend all night doing? If they call prayer meeting night vigil, are you there? Didn't you always give an excuse? <laughs> we have many excuses we give for night vigil, isn't it? You know, those of you who are sitting here now, you are so lucky. Ask from Pastor Tayo. Ask from Pastor Adisa. Ask from Pastor, Pastor Josiah. When I started this church, we had night vigil every Friday. We prayed from 12 midnight to 6 a.m. every Friday, 5, 6, every Friday. Our children were born in it. They grew in it. Are we together now? <clears throat> That's what we did. Our wives would conceive and give birth on Friday night. They would bring that child they will give birth during the week. And they will bring that child to that night vigil. And we all had our jobs as well like you. And we went to school like you. Probably we even work more than you. Because a lot of you, you do just one job. We were doing several jobs. To job it out. Hallelujah somebody. <clears throat> In those days we had to do several jobs. But we thank God for Jesus now. He has comforted us. So now that we are comforted, we should do more. Jesus went and prayed all night. Now let me tell you something that happened about the principle. Look at the next line. He went all night praying to God. And verse 13. When morning came, he called his disciples to him, to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Jesus asked from God, about each one of those disciples. And he got the right answer from God. You make many decisions that are wrong. Because you are not able to pray. If you know how to pray. You will seldom make wrong decisions. You see if Jesus Christ did not pray. And he just chose people. Many people were following him at the time. Chose them according to their zeal. He would have failed. If Jesus never prayed. He would not have chosen Judas. And then he will never fulfill his destiny. Look, let me say something to you. Anyone who is a child of God must learn. To get things from the Father, you need to give him your time to pray. I'm telling you. We're entering New Year. For years now, Christians have served God like um, non-Christians. Wishy-washy. This is December 2014. You must not enter next year with that attitude. Because if you change next year, next year will change completely. There are some people that God is bringing into the kingdom. They run like supersonic jets. They will leave many people behind. I will play you on the 31st, maybe, you know, the vision seen by one of the members in Germany. Elder Kingsley had a vision. That vision, somebody here had come to me before to tell me the same vision. That some, a race began. L let me tell you about Kinsley's case. Because we'll play it, but just some of it. I can't describe his, his uh, vision very well, but he can describe it. 
But we recorded it. Okay, let me talk about something else. I will play it to you. Don't miss any missing. I can play it anywhere. So, <laughs> but the fact is this. You and I must, we must, we must totally screw into Jesus Christ. So that we cannot be pulled out from him easily. Whatever Jesus did in the flesh, we must do it. If we do it as Jesus did it, we will get the result Jesus got. I will together now. And it has nothing to do with anointing. It only has to do with obedience. A disciple is a person who is an apprentice of another person. And if we are disciples of Jesus Christ, then we, have, we are learning from him and we have to become like him. He prayed all night. And he chose them right. Now look at the next verse. So Simon, Peter and the rest of them go to verse 16. Judah, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became what? Hey, hallelujah. Judas Iscariot became what? Now, let me tell you one thing before you move ahead. Do you know sometimes Jesus will allow you to select people who will betray you? You don't understand. Sometimes when you select people or you make a friend of person and you pay all your life to, to help the person and raise the person, wishing well and all stuff, and you got comforted and suddenly began to... Talk against you, backbite you, assassinate you, and did everything that even those who you never helped will never dare to say those things about you. Sometimes you begin to say that, God, why did I really choose him? God made you choose him. Those are part of what trains you and tests your faith, whether you are truly of Christ. If knowing those information will make you change your behavior, you failed. I we together now. If you curse them because they curse you, you fail that test. So God will not give you another harder test because you will not leave that level as it, as it are, until you pass that level. I will together now. God uses you to train our faith. He uses you to take us to destiny. If you look at the way God operates, all the people that are Judas Iscariot to your life, no matter what they have done against you, has that stopped you reaching destiny? No. That's always it. Really, most of the time, it boomerangs against them. They become the outcasts and they get disgraced while you are moving ahead in life. So if God is doing that for you, by allowing your Judas Iscariot to manifest, why should you have hurt or hatred for the Judas Iscariot? Are you not supposed to do a special thanksgiving for Judas Iscariot? So that, so that, oh yeah, I tell you. I tell you. So, he chose Judas Iscariot by God. But it's for a destiny. Okay? To fulfill the prophecy written about him. Go to chapter 9. No, 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 no. Really, I want to show you this here. He went down with them and stood at level place. A large crowd from, of his disciples was there. And a, crowd, a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre. And said, oh, stop. Somebody tell me what is happening after this. After he selected disciples and he went to this place, what does he want to go and do there? Without knowing, knowing his name, you should know what Jesus does. What is he going to do there? Preach the word. Preach the word. When people gather, what does he do? <laughs> Tell them about the word. What have you used the opportunities of people to do? Talk about politics. No miracle will happen when you talk about politics. <laughs> Every opportunity you have, Slipping Jesus into it. And what happened the next line? I love this so much. Look at it. Who had come to what? And say it again, who had come to hear him? No, this is not cathedral. Who had come to hear him? And be healed of their disease. They have come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Can you see an order there? It is not a bad thing for a sick person to come for healing. But it is terrible if he wants to be healed without wanting to hear about the one who heals. Any church or any minister under heaven who just performs miracles and he has no ability to teach the word of God is of the devil. I repeat myself. If a man performs miracles, three miracles I'm talking about, and that man gives him a Bible, he cannot teach the word of God that the heart of man will change to God. That man is not sent by God. 
If a man is tackling, I have a spiritual mother. She cannot read or write. She never went to school. Okay? But when Jesus appeared to her and called her as a Muslim, and she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior, from one encounter, anytime she takes the, the Bible, Yoruba Bible, she opens it, she reads it more fluent than those who did Yoruba in the university. It's like somebody reading the Bible in Queen's English. And never went to school at all. Give her another book written in the same language. She'll be saying to you, what is this? She can't read it. The first thing the Holy Spirit will do to a man when it comes upon you is the knowledge of the word. You will never see a man called by God without the in-depth knowledge of the word. When you read the Bible, when he reads it, it's something different. By the Holy Spirit, not by intelligence. We are not intelligent before the word. Paul says that we do not demonstrate the intelligence of this world, but the hidden mystery of ages. So that your faith will not rely upon miracles, but upon Jesus Christ himself. The spirit, the kingdom power. So to come and be healed is a good thing, but you must come to hear first. Healing without hearing is useless. Everyone Jesus healed, they follow Jesus. What's the madman after Jesus healed the madman? He followed Jesus. John chapter 5, when he healed the man of Bethesda, he followed Jesus. Everybody followed Jesus. Do you see what happened? Those troubled by evil spirit were what? Cured. I love it. And the next verse, I love it so much. And the people all tried to touch him because what? Power. Because what? Power. Because what? Power. Because what? Power. Because what? Power was coming out of him. The Lord told me, the church of God on earth is entering into that dispensation from, from next year. If you look at this, before this time, it did not happen. Because every manifestation of God's visitation has a time. It has a time. We have seen the power of God over the years manifest one thing here, manifest another thing there, Manifest one thing here, but the world is about to enter into a time where you will see repeated, relentless bombardment of heaven. But for God to use you in this onslaught, you must know the word. It is the, the love for the word of God that determines your love for the God of the word. You want to know how much you love God? See how much you crave for the word. Not how much you pray. No, 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 no. Because the prayer of many people really is just jargon. Am I saying something? Is my five, ten minutes over? <laughs> they say pray. Robo, 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 robo. Tell me the meaning of robo. Huh? It's a tribe. <laughs> Prophet Zach said it's a tribe in, uh, I think, uh, Cameroon. Yeah? Nigeria. Now let me say something to you. Many Christians, you tell them to pray, you tell them what to pray about. They don't know what to pray because to pray, you need to know the word to back up your claim. And because they don't know the word, they only pray in tongues. They have no knowledge of what they are saying. Some are speaking, most of them are speaking in human tongue, not the Holy Ghost tongue. Speaking in tongues should be a conjunction to understanding. Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he says, if I pray in a tongue unknown, my spirit prays. If I pray in a tongue known, my my, my, my mind prays. He said, what shall I do? I will pray in a tongue unknown, and I will pray with my mind also. Pray in tongue, pray in English, pray in tongue, pray in your language. He says, if you if, if you all speak it in tongues, and then a foreigner come among you, I will you know what you are saying. Someone says that when you pray in tongues, you have power. How many power have they got? Those who have been doing it. Come on, turn back to the word of God. Alright? So you have how many days to go now? Today is uh, 20 what? 2019. Today is 19. So 19 minus 31. Ah! In 12 days time, this year is over? You can't tell me that. I, ca- I didn't calculate it like that. You mean 12 days time? 12 for the 12 disciples? Hallelujah. So from today, tomorrow for Peter, read Bible well like Peter. The next day for Matthew, 
read Bible well like Matthew. The other day for, for uh, James, begin to spread it. And let us read the Bible. Satan doesn't want us to know this, but that is the power. Let us read the Bible. Then if we pray like them, then our prayer will work. But we full of the word first. Mm. Power came out of him and healed so many people. Luke chapter 9 tells us how Jesus sent the, two, the, two, the, the, the 12 out in twos. Isn't it Luke 9, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demon, all demons and cure diseases. Then he sent them, when Jesus had called the 12, no, he sent them, verse 2 please, cure diseases, and then he sent them out to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. You know, preach the kingdom there, alright, we recognize by Mark that the kingdom is what? It's about, come on, the good news about who? It's not about making money or being in control. It's about Jesus being the Son of God. When they went to preach the kingdom here, they were not preaching parables of Jesus Christ. Okay, parable is for the ungodly. When Jesus spoke parable outside, when he comes in, he doesn't say parable. He tells them the meaning, isn't it? So, we are to preach Jesus Christ. He is the gospel of the kingdom. And I will show you what Jesus himself preached. In a minute. And then he says, and to what? To heal the sick. Isn't it? Then chapter, chapter 10, verse 1. After the disciples, then that is like pastors and apostles, prophet, teacher, then he now sent the whole church. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and then sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. That is town and villages, like he mentioned in, in the previous book. So we are sent to towns and villages. Now listen to me, church. Next month, next yeah, next month. Next month is next year. Oh boy, I need to wake up. Now let me say something to you. Some of you will be sent to villages in England. Say amen. I didn't see your mouth. Say amen. I said say amen. I'm not saying they will post you from London. I'm saying that the church will send you to villages. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. The other time I ask you, how many of you want to work for the Lord? Raise your hands up to me. You want to work for the Lord? Wave your hands to me. If you don't raise that hand, I will speak anointing will raise your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah somebody. Okay. Now we all want to work for the Lord, isn't it? So if the Lord sent you to Paris, you like to go there with your hands to me. If the Lord sent you to Birmingham, Glasgow, Manchester, what about Stonehenge? What about Glastonbury? What about Worthing? Huh? We're moving a little bit away and away. What about Paris? What about um, Holland? Hallelujah. What about Syria? Hallelujah. What about Iraq? Amen. And the Boko Haram of Nigeria? Amen. Where we go? You know all this tumor that is happening all over the whole world? It is... Things have to go that way for the world to recognize the rising of the church. You know, there is hopelessness all over the whole world. America confused, Europe confused, Africa you can't even talk about that. All over the whole place. India, from one problem to the other. Look at Pakistan, what just happened. A, a madman just went in and slaughtered 140 children. Just this week. Just this week. Today, another news in uh, wherever again. Somebody just killed about seven children or eight children. Australia. I mean, you look at the Australian one is not today. Australian one was four days ago. And when we are getting rest from Australia one, then somebody killed one and something, 40 something people in you know, there. Then the Boko Haram of Nigeria too, you know, kidnapped some people and they were killing them. And then also someone today killed, they saw seven children or eight children dead. They don't know why, what killed them. And they are still investigating that. Now, let me say this to you. There must be chaos in the world, confusion in the world, terrible, until people begin to say that, look, something, there must be something somewhere that can help us. Then the church like you will begin to emerge. Light cannot shine in light except darkness. So don't you understand that all these things that God permitted the devil to be messing about, God is about to put an end. If God doesn't put an end to this insanity, you and I are not safe. In the next one year, we'll be in trouble. A terrible one. Because it's coming to England too. 
It's already in England. Are we together now? And this is what you must know. Jesus is the answer for the world today. He will never come back in the physical anymore. But through you, I should listen to me. So he sent them 72. And the last verse of that says, The 72 returned with joy, and they said, Even demons stand up on your feet. Tomorrow in the, uh, in the, in the service, or Sunday, we will complete the book of John. If you look at each writer, they wrote about Jesus and they ended about you. They wrote about Jesus and they ended about you. And the same thing, we'll look at that tomorrow, you'll be amazed. Can you imagine the, gen- the, the people like uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, when they look at our generation? Let me say something to you. Their heart is filled with excitement because this is the generation that God will use to fulfill the prophets and the apostles. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for ourselves. You know what we do? Drop all your stuff in your hand and join your hands together. Let everybody stand up for a minute. Be on your feet. They came to hear and to be healed. They came to hear him and to be healed. I wanted to thank God for Jesus Christ. If God never sent Jesus, what kind of a world shall we be in? Lift up your voice and thank God for Jesus. God the Father, We thank you for sending your son. We bless and glorify your holy name for your mercy. We thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for sending your son. Now begin to thank God for the salvation that he has given through the blood of his son. Thank God for salvation that we receive from the blood of Jesus Christ. For the mercy that we have received through the blood of the Lamb. We thank you, Jehovah. We bless your holy name. We glorify thee, O God. For giving us Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus, Christ of Nazareth. Thank God for Jesus. The Bible says, And God bestow upon him a name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. God exalted the name of Jesus above every name. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Hey, Lord Jesus, the name of Jesus is above sicknesses. The name of Jesus is above, is above sorrow. It's above wearinesses. It's above confusion. And so, Father God, I command knees to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I command kidneys to be transplanted and replaced in the name of Jesus Christ. I command liver to be healed in the name of Jesus. I command reproductive organ to be healed. Whatever the devil had planted, I command them to be pulled out from their roots in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Every planting of Satan be pulled out, be pulled up, you be pulled up, bladder be healed in the name of Jesus. I command the, 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 the that is dripping to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every form of disease, you are taken out in the name of Jesus Christ. Spine, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Abdomen, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Eyes, you are healed. Father, we thank you for the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Jesus' anointed name, we are prayed with thanksgiving. Let us say, uh, say after me, let God arise. Let all his enemies be scattered. 
Let God arise. Let all his enemies be shattered. Let God arise. Let all his enemies be shattered. You are going to pray that statement that God, Lord Jesus, show up in the midst of Nigeria. Around the Boko Haram, show up in Syria. Everywhere that there is disturbance and people are killing people, that Lord will break their camp and show up. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Let God arise. Let God arise in Syria. Let God arise. Let God arise and put an end to all this calamity. Let God arise. Let him arise in Iraq in the name of Jesus. Let God arise. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Show up among the ISIS. Mandarobosha. Those who are marked for salvation, reveal yourself to them. Change their heart. Let power be raised from among them. Let power be raised among them. Let power be raised from among them. Those who are the book who are around, let power be raised among them. Break their camp, oh God. Break their camp, oh God. Break into their camp, Lord Jesus. With a message of salvation, let God arise, release your holy angels to all this water region to battle the spirit of hell and destroy the spirit of war. Makaleboshata. He brought rebellion to an end. He, he broke the bars asunder. He destroyed and burned to ashes the chariots of battle. But our God, the mighty warrior, arise, O oh God, arise. Arise, O oh God, arise. Arise, O oh God, arise. Let your enemy be shattered in America. Arise in Ukraine, arise in Ukraine, let your enemy be shattered. Arise in Russia, arise, O oh God, in Pakistan, arise in India, O oh God. Let your enemy be shattered, let him be shattered, let him be shattered. Father, we bless you, we bless you, let God arise. Let God arise. Thank you, King of Heaven. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. Let me hear your amen. The last prayer we're going to pray is this. God will arise again. Arise in two dimensions. You want to pray for the church of God on earth, yourself. Let me say this to you. Christ with tabernacle is not only the church that is seeking the truth and preaching the word. There are many churches in the world that are hidden. People don't know them. And they preach the truth, the leaders, and the leaders live by the truth. Are you with me now? We're going to pray for you then, the church, the whole church of God on earth. Embodiment of people who have made up their mind to serve the, old, the living God. Young and old, even babies. The Bible says out of the mouth of babes and suckling. Something will happen that the suckling will begin to manifest Jesus. You know, a child who cannot talk, when he prophesies, who will doubt it? When a donkey spoke, who can doubt? So we're going to pray. Isaiah 60. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That's what I want to deal with. Arise, shine. We're going to tell God, Father, arise. Lord Jesus, arise upon your people. Arise upon your people. The last 12 days remaining in the month of December 2014, let there be manifestation of visitation. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Visit your church, O God, on earth. Visit your church, O God. Arise, shine, says the Lord, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Father Lord, we pray thee, Son of God, visit your people or not. Visit your people or not. Arise, O God, and visit your people or not. Arise in your powers of old. Arise in your strength of old. Let these twelve days be days of visitation from heaven. Let heaven visit the earth. Visit our suckling. Visit our babies. The Bible says out of the mouth of the babies and the suckling, the Lord has declared perfect praise. Visit our babies. Visit our suckling. Visit our young men. Visit our old men. Visit all God our youth. Strengthen the arm of Jesse. Father in your glory. Strengthen the arm of Jesse. Strengthen the arm of Jesse. Restore your strength into our hearts. Restore your love into our being. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Power, 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 power. From heaven, power, power, power. From heaven, power, power, power. Power in the name of Jesus. Power, power upon the weak, upon the strong. Power upon your children. Power upon your sins or not. Let there be elevation, upliftment, fire and power. Neproko tembrekete. Oh, Father. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with hands given. Our God and King, we bless your name for the privilege of give, you have given to us to study about who you are. You are wonderful, God. We need your mercy, Lord. We receive it in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray for ourselves, the Church of God. Cleanse us from all our irregularities and forgive all our iniquities. Father, these last 12 days, stretch out your hand of mercy again. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Father, reveal to us individually on earth, your people, the things that we are doing wrong that we need to put right. <clears throat> Give us the ability and the grace to put them right. Father, we relieve us ourselves of our strength. We lie before you that we are weak, so that we can put up your strength. Father, Lord, let the strength from heaven be our garments. Our God and King, really we ask you for salvation for the ISIS, and for salvation for Boko Haram of Nigeria, for killers, for murderers in the United Kingdom, and America, the whole of Europe and America. Lord, we ask you that grace will be stretched upon them. Yes, Lord. Father, we ask that you will encourage us by bringing messengers of gospel out of these people. Let the kingdom of Satan over this Boko Haram, the Al-Qaeda, and ISIS, and all organizations that are connected with them, let this kingdom of Satan be torn apart. Father, Lord, raise infantry among them and confuse the language of Satan. May Satan fail. Let their songs in their mouth, the mouth of those people, change. When they open their mouth, Lord, no more shall they call the, the previous uh, 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 noise that they scream and they shout, but you will fill their tongue with the name of Jesus Christ. From nation to nation, they begin to say, Jesus is the Lord. My God and King, it will look like confusion among the people, for you have come to redeem your people. Father, we pray thee in the name of Jesus Christ. In the, in the onslaught that is coming, a bigger, the biggest financial crisis 